Welcome back to episode six of In All the Wrong Places. I'm Shannon Blill, and I'm really excited for today's episode. Um, a few episodes ago, I made a statement that I was terrified to start the podcast um, about infertility and my struggles in my journey and then get pregnant um, because I was fr- uh, was afraid that others would find me um, irrelevant and that I wouldn't be as accepted. And it was something that really delayed me from starting the podcast for so long. But I feel so strange about saying that because, of course, the whole point and and idea of me opening up and going through IVF in the first place and all of the fertility procedures that I've had to go through is literally to get pregnant and have a baby. So saying that I'm terrified of that coming true sort of for me just proves, you know, that I still am working on myself and that I still sometimes am looking for love in the wrong places because of course I want more than anything to be a mom. And so obviously I am looking for love in the acceptance of others. And that's something that I need to work on. And that's kind of the topic for today's podcast episode, that whole idea that, you know, that validation is something that I know we all crave in one way or another, Um, especially for me as someone who also works in an industry that is heavily based on people liking what you do and who you are. Um, It definitely is hard to not get sucked into the idea that approval from others equals love. So with that, I actually would really like to introduce my first official guest Woo-hoo! on the this podcast, Miss Evelyn Berkey. So formal. I know. Miss. Thank you. <laughs> I guess you're not a miss though. You're yeah. you are a missus. Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really happy to have Evelyn here. I've known Evelyn for a really long time, and one of the reasons why I felt like she was a great fit for this particular episode in just that idea of looking for love and the acceptance of others and trying to change who you are in order to be loved and accepted is because when I first met Evelyn, um, she was new to the photography industry and you could definitely tell there was a personality difference from who she was portraying to be through her business and through her work and who she was when you met her. Um, I remember she showed up to a photo shoot with me wearing a toque and, you know, her regular cool attire, but she was a film photographer who definitely aired on the bright and airy side of things. And it just ne- didn't necessarily line up. And as I got to know her over the years and watched her grow and grow into who she was, um, it became more apparent that she was slowly figuring out that, you know, it's better to be your authentic self um, and show up as who you are. And and since then, I, I believe that her business, I mean, look at her. She's got like 20,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> Translates to success nowadays, I guess. So uh, they say. Yeah. Anyways, so we're just going to sort of chat, Ev. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I think that, you know, kind of what we chatted about pre-recording planning um, is firstly just kind of let's let's dabble on the side of talking about how people, not necessarily you and I, but people in general can look for approval from others 
in so many different ways. So that could be anything from, you know, the way you dress, the way you present yourself in public, online, in your work, art, whatever it is that you do, in how you parent, in the kind of partner you are, the kind of friend you are, you know, the places that you travel and the life that you present, of course, on social media, since we live in such a digital world. And like, do you feel as if that's something that you sometimes can fall victim to? Of course. Yeah. 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 I know. It's tough because like I find that I can get so wrapped up in anything that seems like high energy. You know, I like, you know, you know me well, like I'm, I can be fairly like chill and I like to just like, you know, curl up by myself with a book, with wine, with the dogs, with Travis and just do nothing for an entire weekend, an entire month. Like, Mm -hmm. and so then I constantly feel like I'm missing out on things. I And I have this strange fear of like being forgotten for sure. Like yeah. if, if I pull myself away from the industry or from like social media in any way, I'm always worried that like no one is going to remember who I am in like a week's time. A week? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So dramatic. I'm just kidding. No, I think a lot of people would agree that that is something that they feel. I mean, there's that classic, you want what you don't have as well, right? So if I'm traveling, I'm like, oh my goodness, I miss being home. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm at home, I'm like, oh, I can't wait for my next trip. And it's just this constant changing. Yeah. Do you find when you travel, like you're getting messages from people constantly being like oh my god so jealous oh my god your life is amazing and does that like how does that affect you does that act does that fill you up does that like make you feel good or does it make you feel shitty i think it depends i definitely am as i get older a little bit more intentional about what i'm putting out online and how that affects other people Mm -hmm. and also just making sure that because a lot of people just post, and this is a very common discussion, their best self online, and it's just not a realistic representation of real life. And so then that causes a lot of people to get upset and sad, but I'm also running a business. So I have to be sharing when Mm -hmm. I'm at these cottages or I'm traveling for an elopement because that's my favorite thing to do for work. So there's this fine line between sharing because it's networking, it's business, it's promoting myself to book more clients. And then the side of social media that I don't always like where it's just kind of like throwing Mm -hmm. your life in people's faces in a really shiny way that isn't even realistic Mm -hmm. and they're missing the messy parts and the hard parts about yeah that so yeah of course I think it does both but then doesn't it feel like oh man like I'm an overthinker for Mm -hmm. sure because now then I immediately think that if I do share the messy parts if I do share the like I constantly think of of when I see people that I know who have large followings, who, you know, I even, even thinking of like Chrissy Teigen, for example, Mm -hmm. and when she had her miscarriage and she posted a photo in the bed. I remember, I see that, I saw Crying. um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of the comments were negative being like, as if this is the first thing she thought of when she was going through this. But I think when you have like that, that following in, in the sense of like you're you are a figure that shows up because of your authentic like real moments like trying to show the messy side you feel this pressure that when you are crying and struggling like 
I show my, like, you have to show it. Like, you don't all, like always want to show. Of course. That's, yeah, I think there's a balance for sure. And especially when you're a public figure like yeah. her, there's more yeah. complexity to that for because sure. people are just waiting to tear you down. And even if you don't anticipate that, there's mm-hmm. always something. But I think for me personally, I don't share a lot of them. I will, I'm honest about what's happened to me, but mm-hmm. usually at a time where I've had time to process and have perspective. So I'll tell you anything about my life, but in the moment when Mm -hmm. it is messy, Mm -hmm. I'm more silent. And that's not because I don't want to share the messy parts, but it's just because I don't like, yeah, I I feel like there's a, there's a level of, I I appreciate people that are vulnerable and Mm -hmm. open, but I also don't like being pitied or, or looked at like as if I'm weak mm-hmm. which is a personal thing that's yep. a personal thing I'm not saying other people can't a thousand percent but for me yeah I don't like people seeing me that way so I well I don't know so it I, also makes me think of like the the idea social media is so fucking funny because I just feel like the whole idea around social media too is is that we are all looking for acceptance from others in everything that we post, whether it is the messy and the sad and the real or the lavish and, and the wonderful, because mm-hmm. otherwise, why are we sharing that? Like, yeah. Why is anyone sharing yeah. that And if people shit? are like, it's just so my mom can keep in touch with me. No, that's <laughs> bullshit. There's so, yeah. that's not true because yeah. you'd be de- like just messaging your yeah. mother that photo. My mom called me today and didn't even know where I was. Yeah. And I said, didn't you see it on Instagram? Yeah. Which is like, hilarious. Moms, like, you know, you, they're going to call you. You're going to talk to them about that stuff. But yeah. So it's interesting to me because I think as uh, a generation and especially the younger generation like social media is technically new to us in terms of like like really I think Facebook was when I first went away to university like right. that you know I didn't grow up with it in elementary school and high school the way that some of the kids are no, now it was so MSN. yeah 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 <laughs> let's be clear and Napster is it was it oh, Napster? I never had that oh. <laughs> So I downloaded my just music. roller coaster tycoon and MSN for <laughs> Sims. Me. Yeah, Sims. Yeah, yes. Harvest Moon. Did you yeah, ever play no, that? Oh, that was a, that was a good one for me. Yeah. So I think that social media, like in general, is just such a funny thing. I mean, I know as a business owner, which we'll talk about business stuff later, but, but I, you're still looking for acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance posting business. I'm like, yeah. Do people like this work? I'm really proud of it. And yeah. then it's like. If, well, if people don't like it, then I'm not validated and all of a sudden I don't like it as much anymore. Not mm-hmm. all the time, but if you actually yeah. sit in that and think about it and you have some reflection yeah. and do some, yeah, reflecting on that, I think yeah. you would be surprised at how other people's perceptions of what you posted can change your perception of it, which is like such a mind fuck because you're like, wait, mm-hmm. I loved this 20 minutes ago. I was so proud of it. Yeah. And now I posted it and it doesn't, it's not getting any attention. Mm-hmm. And like taking the time to sit in that and work through it because a lot of it isn't real. Yeah. And it's just how you've been, your trauma from the past and your need for acceptance and Mm -hmm. like this slippery slope that is putting too much of your life online Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or too much of how you feel about yourself. Yeah. Based on other people's acceptance which everybody could admit to you yeah that doesn't even need to be on social media Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and one and 
and how do you know where to draw the line? People ask me that a lot, especially when I used to work in branding, like they would constantly be like, how do I, where do I know what, like, how do I know what to share? And, and there's so many parts about myself that I don't want to share. Even me, there's so many parts about me that I, I'm fairly open on social and there's lots of things about my past traumas that I don't talk about on social because to me, they're irrelevant to what I do and who I am right now. Like, I don't think they're irrelevant, but they're just, yeah. how do you bring that up in an organic way that isn't too much for yeah. people Yeah. and tell how, I don't know. It's just, so, yeah. yeah. And again, I'm all like, I want acceptance from other people. Don't get me wrong. That's like, hello, mm-hmm. like, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. I like a hundred percent am that person, but I also never want it, my, what I share about who I am to come across as me, like you said earlier, me looking for pity. I'm not, I'm not talking about things. I'm not talking about the hard things in life to look for the pity messages and the, you are so strong messages. I don't, that's, I hate, I actually cringe when people send me those things, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that what I talk about is able to connect with other people in a way, because that's the whole point of social media is to connect I do see the value in it and I know it's important, especially when you have issues to talk about that you want other people to understand um, on a deeper level that yeah. that wouldn't just happen if you were, if, yeah, if we still had newspapers and to something that people mm-hmm. also don't always feel comfortable talking about. Yeah. And I think it's a strength to, to be at a place where you can speak about those things and give people a voice that don't that don't feel comfortable as well absolutely yeah and so i mean for me like it sort of makes me think about like how does that make you feel once you you sort of feel like you've been accepted like before we move on to the next topic like when when you do post something that you love and you're proud of and you actually get the recognition from it like are you on a high like does that make you feel powerful and confident there is like scientific evidence that you get a dopamine hit from stuff like that and that's why people keep doing it yeah so but i think it's just realizing that social media is not your life Mm -hmm. and i mean of course it is for so many people but Mm -hmm. it's not and Mm -hmm making sure that you're not putting all of your yeah all of your value yeah. in that well and and, and when you are taking the time to yeah yeah find back. it elsewhere yeah yeah definitely um yeah and i bring that up because for me like for example especially with what i talked about you know right before i introduced you is just that is that feeling of like for example i like i never wanted to be part of the infertility club, the miscarriage club, the TTC club, which for those who are not privy to fertility struggles, that means trying to conceive. And, you know, I'm here, you're here. I'm sure. I didn't know what that meant. Oh, TTC, <laughs> trying I'm to like, conceive. I didn't know like, the what club? <laughs> trying to conceive, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I've definitely seen it written, but I didn't know. So thanks for Yeah, you're all good. Clarifying. But uh, I think people who follow both of us, and if you don't follow us, then um you know evelyn is a friend of mine who has also struggled with um you know miscarriage and and she's going through secondary 
infertility right now. Um, and, and the point of, of what I'm trying to say is that, you know, like I never wanted to be here, but I'm here. And now that I'm here, I do feel connected to people who have struggled or who are struggling. And so there is a big part of me that is afraid that, you know, once we get pregnant, um, if we're so fortunate to get pregnant again, slash when I did get pregnant, you know, a couple months ago, you know, I was afraid that no longer I was going to connect with these people who I've spent the last five years connecting with. And that's because of, I don't think that's because people are not going to find me relevant or not going to connect with me. That's an issue of my own where I have this deep rooted fear of being unliked and being unloved and not, not being accepted by others. And so now that I feel like I've connected with a group of people, which sounds so messed up in my head while saying it aloud, I feel afraid to let them go. So there is a big part of me that's like, maybe I don't want to let them go, but that's also fucked up in its own sense. That's just how the brain works. But you've also, you know what it's like Mm -hmm. to be, on the other side of that yeah. and and to see people around you get pregnant and then that's no longer their story anymore yeah yeah and how that makes you feel so you are just thinking of those people and how they're going mm-hmm. to feel if you do carry a baby to term and become a mom and yeah yeah well and and thinking about like being accepted by others you know do you do you ever fear or worry that you don't fit in or aren't accepted into the fertility world because you have Joe and you you are a mother and secondary infertility is such a totally different topic because you know thankfully we have a great friendship and relationship and we're able to talk openly about it but I'm not I won't lie and say that it's not easy for me to see or hear people who have one kid talk about wanting another when all I want is one. Yeah. And I think for sure, I don't feel like I fit in, in either of those groups. I don't fit in with the people who can choose to have a kid whenever they want to and just had children easily, Mm -hmm. but I didn't struggle with Joe. And I think what really hit me was a time when somebody was talking about how trying to relate to me when they couldn't have their third baby. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. but you already have two. And then it was like a a Mm -hmm. aha moment for me because I'm also, we're very open. Like Mm -hmm. I know that I'm not fragile. So I know that you could tell me like, Hey, Evelyn, you know, (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. You know, you would just tell me, but also that was like one of those moments where I really got it because I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, is that how people feel when, if I am speaking about my secondary infertility, when I'm already privileged with one child? Yes. I've been trying for four years for my second but I already know what it's like to mm-hmm. be a parent to a kid outside of the womb and to parent him for years and have that relationship. So I definitely don't take that for granted. And I, and I don't try to put myself in the same, yeah. I don't think I do. No, you don't. Um, well, and we talked about earlier how it's um, th- this, I don't think either of us ever wanted this for our journeys, but I, I am grateful that I've gone through it because it has given me a level or a sense of compassion that mm-hmm. I actually do feel like some people lack. They, well, they, it's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff that's, yeah. Anyway. And I think you're that. very good at um, not necessarily censoring, censoring yourself, but you are really good at reading the room and understanding how what you say could affect somebody around you. Yeah. Um, 
And I was listening to a podcast recently and it was talking about how people will just try to hijack other people's grief. And so it's like, you do not Mm -hmm. need to just try to relate to someone to make their point. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody is feeling something, you can just be like, that is so hard. Like, I love you so much. I'm just here to listen. I don't need to talk about how I've had a miscarriage when my friend is telling me about their miscarriage. I can Mm -hmm. answer their questions if they're like, what was it like being put under for a DNC? I have to go for one next week or, you know, things like that. But I, but I, I'm not going to try or I've learned mm-hmm. not to You try don't have to, to one up another yeah. person's or try to experience. make it seem like we've had the same experience because yeah. we obviously have not and no one person ha- has really. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I definitely Yeah, I definitely don't feel comfortable always with the fact that that I've that my journey is different, but I still yeah, I, I'm like you said, I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity. I mean, there's always beauty in in the mm-hmm. sadness in some way. And I think that that the beautiful part about like it's not it's sad and it sucks, but I am so glad that at least I was able to learn something from it and to have this new level of empathy and compassion, like you said, for other people that I'm that I can see other people are missing because they've never struggled through something and I just yeah any any struggle in life it doesn't even have to be infertility it can Mm -hmm. be like being bullied as a kid you know if you take those struggles and you and you you take there's like there Mm -hmm. is always a lesson Mm -hmm. in that and it's unfortunate that you struggle through them and other people don't and that's hard to watch but I do Mm -hmm. feel like Mm -hmm. yeah you can take away some things that will Mm -hmm. make you a little bit better of a person and loss in general like i think when people go through loss like i was listening to a podcast recently and i feel this deeply because this is exactly how i felt right after the miscarriage but you you often whether whether it's loss of of a baby or of a parent or of a friend you often dive into like healing work like cha- like charity work and stuff like that because you feel like you need to give your life a sense of purpose and you want to like give back in a good way because you don't understand this loss that you've just gone through or or why you've had to go through the loss and so yeah it's just kind of fascinating to feel so lost and not know where to go and i think that that inherently is because we all need to be accepted and loved Mm -hmm. and when you go through such a big tragedy like miscarriage and and fertility struggles in general whether you've had a miscarriage or not but um that loss of control yeah. is just it's very hard for people yeah. like you don't the, the not having a choice yeah in whether a parent passes away or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. a car accident happens or a baby yeah. you know it makes you search for for love and acceptance it makes you search for something and some kind of feeling and the easiest feeling for us to chase after is that feeling of being accepted and wanted because i think that's and understood essentially yeah. what we all want out of life and and without it you know you can feel really broken and especially at a time when you're already feeling so broken yeah yeah okay cool well we're gonna take a quick break and then we're going to talk about this a little bit more in terms of the wedding industry or the creative industry and uh and how we maybe look for acceptance and and how we might suffer because of that or how um our work can kind of consume us because we're definitely constantly fighting for that so we'll be back wine break
Okay, we're back. My glass is refilled. <laughs> mine's empty. Oh, mine's also actually empty. It's almost. probably for the best that mine's empty. <laughs> we clearly refilled our glasses, drank them on the break, and now we're back. But that's fine. Ev and I don't drink a lot of wine anymore. I don't drink ever. <laughs> I'm actually so... plastered. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, okay so we kind of wanted to segue into like a little bit of of work even though i'm sure in the i don't even remember what we freaking talked about but i'm sure we talked a little bit about work but it's just this idea that especially around the the looking for acceptance thing um that as a creative entrepreneur i mean both of us are in the wedding industry but i also would consider both of us creatives because I wouldn't say what we do is exclusively related to weddings. Mine for sure not. Um, but it's just this this idea around desperately trying to fit in and stand out all at once. And what does that mean? And how does that look? And I think for me, it's that uh, like I won't lie. Of course, like anyone in the industry wants to be the best in the industry. I don't want to be the best, but I definitely want to. I want to be, wanna be the best. <laughs> Let's call it the yeah, spade a spade, I know, girl. I know. It's definitely like I want to be recognized for my work. And I think I am. And we've talked about that before. You are too. Like when I scroll through Instagram and I see your photos, immediately I, I've commented on your photos before. I immediately stop and I'm like, holy fuck, this is an Evelyn photo for sure. Because it just, you can tell. And I know you've said that about my work. And I, other people uh, yeah. have too. I know your design like, the minute yeah. I see it. Like, uh, and, and that's amazing. I'm so proud of us. Like, fuck, cheers. Like we, <laughs> you know, I'm very, very proud that that I've gotten my business to this be like that. This is a gloating that. podcast now. <laughs> we just come here to gloat. <laughs> but I think that the the flip side of that is is what people don't see is that the sacrifice that needs to be made in order to stand out is that we feel like we don't fit in. I don't feel like I have a core group of girlfriends. I have miscellaneous, is miscellaneous the right word? I have different girl groups, different friends. Just like individual yeah, friendships yeah. that are like one-on-one yeah. -on -one with a bunch of But I don't people. have a core group of girlfriends. And also in the industry, like uh, like you may feel differently because I actually am envious of photographers all the time, but I don't feel like wedding planners, wedding designers are friendly <laughs> slash Some connected. Of them are. I feel like there are groups of them who all get along, but I haven't currently found that group that I connect with. And maybe I came into the industry at a weird time where I was like in the middle. I think photographers aren't either just to be, yeah. I think I've found that niche because of my retreats and making mm -hmm, friendships mm -hmm. that are not competitive. But mm -hmm. I do think, I've, I've heard from a lot of photographers when I do retreats that they're like, yeah. wow, this is so nice. Like most of the photographers in my area don't like me. Right. And I'm like, and I don't have that because I've created this mentorship program. I do find the wedding industry to be cutthroat and very cliquey. And if you, if you are, I mean, I was not that girl in high school. Mm -mm. And so it, I do all my past traumas and insecurities come back when I think about fitting in in the industry and so i just focus on standing out i don't feel like you can have both i don't know how you feel no i well i we've talked about this i think we have very mm -hmm. similar upbringings where we were severely bullied and just not accepted in our friend in friend groups and always trying to like mm -hmm. find that mm -hmm. and so in the industry i i don't know my my path has been very up and down like waves of in the beginning i was like nobody knows who i am nobody likes me mm -hmm. 
and I just kind of put my head down and did my thing. And then all of a sudden, like people did know who I was. And then I was like, oh my gosh, are you open to being my friend now? And then we would, but I would always keep them at a distance because of yeah. my trauma. Yeah. Even you and I, we started mm-hmm. out as like mortal en- enemies. <laughs> we won't get into that. That's for another time. We're besties now. But like actually mortal enemies. Yeah. yeah. And hated each other. I think our husbands hated, still like, hate each other because really? no but like i just i'm just I'm like josh hates no one He's i'm so just nice. joking but like i just i'm like laughing thinking that like our husbands listen to us bitch about each other <laughs> and now we're best friends and we're like they're like our- there's beauty in that though <laughs> we've grown I up know, I know. cheers to that yeah 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 cheers to that anyways okay but the point being that like yeah i do feel like i and i don't know like okay is it a location thing because i do find that when you're in the city, when you're in a big city, when you're in Toronto, um, it's easier to find friends in the same industry because it's super easy to be like, let's go grab dinner, let's go grab a coffee because you're you're oftentimes 20, a 20 minute taxi ride or a 20 minute walk around the corner. For you and I to visit each other, it's like an hour and a half drive. Yeah. You know, and and anyone else in the Muskoka, Muskoka is a large place, guys. When people tell me they're getting married in Muskoka and they want to hire me, I'm like, great. But where? Where? (laughs) Like, because there's many, many places in Muskoka. So it's it's not as easy to just go grab a quick bite to eat, especially when, you know, you have a kid and Mm -hmm. and we have client meetings and I have a husband who works a nine to five job and I want to spend time with him like it's just fitting in finding friends finding people you connect with and then finding people worth this sounds sorry i don't mean this in a way but finding people worth your time like finding people that like you actually connect with and and want you you feel well in your body around you feel i've been lately on this mission this mission from my therapist to just trust how I feel in my body, like mm-hmm. my anxiety level, my heart rate, mm-hmm. my just like, how does your body feel in a situation? And that's like the one thing you can trust. Mm-hmm. And so that's been my leading mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, the leading thing that I put into a, a rela- yeah. relationships. And then that's just that. But yeah, those people that are worthy of, because yeah. we all, as you get older, your time, of course, it's not as, it's not as free. Like yeah. you have to be intentional about who you spend it with. It's not sure. even just about time. It's about like my mental state too, because if I'm coming home, if I'm going to meet somebody and I'm anxious leaving the house to go and meet them and on edge the entire time we're talking worried about what i'm saying and then come home and i'm internalizing what i said did i say the right thing like why why did i even go to that in the first place yeah so out of some obligation to fit in uh uh-huh exactly but it's just like how do you so how do you balance that like need to fit in with the like need to be accepted with the like this is actually a relationship that is benefiting my life we we love each other because you could say anything to me like the most brutal shit could come out of your mouth i have i love you yeah no i know I have. i'm not gonna say it yeah. yeah and vice versa yes yes and that like i feel like that's real friendship it is because also like that or like that not trying to fix each other need like, oh, to you're fit sad. in yeah that need to fit in is just whoa fuck sorry now i'm tangenting because tangenting is that a word tangenting i'm on a tangent i'm on a tangent tangenting i'm making it up it's a new it's a word. word tangenting everyone's using it uh, what do, what is that uh, one podcast say? Uh, trademarked. Yes, trademarked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll workshop in a bit. We'll workshop. The idea that like you could come to my – whenever we talk about trying to hang out, we always think we have to go and do something. And I'm like, you could literally come over. No, I don't think no that. No bra. 
No, but I'm. But I don't like, have. I never. But have a I've bra. told you before. I'm like, you could just come over, no bra. We could have no conversation. We could just put on a movie. We could drink tea yeah. and do nothing, and then you could leave. I could also. I would cr- be fine with that. And and we would, and we've probably done that. But like, there are some. Us don't talk. Feelings. <laughs> there are some feelings when you're trying to fit in that you have to be. On. It feels like work. It feels like you're on all the time. And, and that's where it's where I struggle because then I'm like, well, then is it worth it? Should I just, should I just like bow out and just try my best to just stand out on my own and not worry about fitting in? But it's, it's that fine line of like, you, you didn't, you never know where I also don't want to be a bitch. I don't want to look like a bitch. I think I, yeah, I've got really good at just like being friendly with people, but mm-hmm. keeping them at like a distance because I like my circle tight. Like mm-hmm. I like my circle tight. I only I have trust issues, mm-hmm. but being friendly with people. But it's like when you try too hard mm-hmm. to let them in. Yeah. Like I'm so nice to everybody, and yeah. I'm fine with being like acquaintances with everyone. I'm fine with like going out and being mm-hmm. best friends with somebody for a weekend and then not seeing them for two years. Like I'm so cool with that. But I feel like just being like that's okay. Yeah. But not trying too hard to like go that extra mile and then being mm-hmm. like, oh shit, now I'm in this situation. We don't vibe. How do I get out? Yeah. And then it becomes this thing mm-hmm. that doesn't need to be. And I think because of our like our upbringings and being in this industry, I think I think we probably aren't alone. I bet. Well, I know we aren't. We've definitely talked to other people in the industry who are solopreneurs. It it's that idea around. I mean, fuck it. I don't get a Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> Travis works for a business that gets a massive, massive Christmas party that he does not have to pay for. He does not have to organize or set up or plan or decorate. He just shows up, no cost, Mm -hmm. gets fed, gets gifts, gets like, you know, to party. And I'm invited as his wife, but I don't get that. If I, if I do, I have to plan it. Mm -hmm. I have to organize it. I have to fucking pay for it. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not complaining. I love my job. I love what I do. I love the freedom and flexibility of that. But it's, it's that feeling like I don't, ha- we don't have anybody. And that constantly makes us feel like we have to do more online to be accepted from people who don't even fucking know us. Like, I never thought about that, but I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an, it's an interesting, interesting topic and i think that i'm not even sure where all the therapy we're still in it like yeah i don't obviously i'm still in it the most common thing i hear at my store when people come in is like how do you make friends in your 30s like Mm -hmm. how how do i make Mm -hmm. friends and so it's not even in this industry yeah this is like an actual problem Mm -hmm. like people need to like online date for friendships oh a thousand percent (laughs) we're starting an app yeah 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 (laughs) yeah what okay i'm so i'm calling I'm calling Kate at Daughters of Indy, and I'm going to be like, we're having a speed dating event. I thought about that. I had a dream about that. Just for entrepreneurs. Yeah. 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 That would be so bizarre. Oh, well. Okay. I feel like my podcast episodes lately when I'm alone have been like 20 minutes long, and this has been a long one, but it's been really good to have you here. I'm super happy that you were able to chat with me, and I hope everyone enjoyed. I hope we weren't too rambly. (laughs) I don't think we were. If you made it this far. (laughs) Cheers to you. Yeah. I hope that you are drinking a cozy cup of tea or a warm glass of red wine or whatever you fancy. And um, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be back.
I'll be back <laughs> <laughs> next week. No, um, thanks for having me. I'll be back next time. And uh, yeah, it's been great to chat with you, Ev. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye, guys. Bye.